Hi, my name is Pasha Marlowe, and this is the Let Pleasure Be the Measure podcast. We are going to have so much fun together. I hope that our conversations about pleasure light you up. And I hope they inspire you to reclaim your desires and create more space in your day to bring pleasure into your work, your family life, and yes, even your sex life. We will practice and explore the art of pleasure together. Let's play. Hello, everybody. I'm Pasha Marlowe, and this is the Let Pleasure Be the Measure podcast. I am here today with a friend, a colleague, and an inspiration of mine, Emily Aborn, who is a content writer and the founder of the She Built This community. She has over a decade of experience working with executives and entrepreneurs <laughs> in marketing, administrative and customer service positions. She lives in New Hampshire. And I think Emily is not only super kind and empowering, but wicked, to use a New Hampshire or New England phrase, wicked funny. I don't think I put that part in my bio. You did so. not. You did not. I added that in wicked funny. Yeah. I yeah. like that. That's <laughs> when I think of Emily Aborn, I think wicked funny. Yeah. Well, you thank think- you. And thank you for having me. I hope my husband hears this because he says that I'm only funny in certain circles. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't bring our best selves into our house. Doesn't he know that? Like our best selves is in our podcasts and with our clients and with our friends so that we are just tired of being nice and funny. Then when we go inside, we could be, well, bitchy, right? (laughs) Okay. Well, you say that it's funny. I was laying on the floor. I think like on a Saturday or a Sunday, I was like exhausted. I'm just like laying in the middle of the floor. I was like, I'm so sorry that all you ever see of me is a tired person. (laughs) So I so agree with you. We give it all. I posted something funny the other day that we give our best to our dog. Um, And I could relate to that too. Like, you're so sweet. Oh, you want to go for a walk? You want another treat? I would never be that kind to my husband. But I think I also give my best self to my, to my clients that like super compassionate, like if they're going through something, I'm like ultra forgiving and empathetic. And then if he's sneezy or coffee or achy or whining, I'm like, really, really? Are you going to whine about that? <laughs> you turn your phone and do not disturb for them. Like they get everything, <laughs> but then you're over there texting while he's talking to you. <laughs> exactly. exactly. But if he texted while I was talking to him, like, can you listen to me? Can you yeah. take your eyes? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Guilty as charged. (laughs) So Emily, since you're on a pleasure podcast, it seems appropriate to ask, how do you define pleasure? I love that you ask everyone this question. Um, And I think that, well, first of all, I love laughter. Like that is my favorite thing. And when I'm in the best of moods and in my best, like when I'm feeling my best self, I like to express it through laughter. But lately I've been finding like pleasure in the very smallest of things, like the texture of something or the color of something. Like I love colors and textures and things like that. So 
sounds. Um, so I guess it's that it's just like this, it's like fully em encompassing yourself in the moment that you're in. And I think that's when you can really unlock laughter is if you're totally present. Yes. I love that you talk about textures and colors and it reminds me of walking into a store and I'm like one of those people, I don't know if this is you, I walk into a store and it takes me about five seconds to know whether or not this store is for me just by the colors and the setup. But then if I like the store, I do this like circle around the store and I basically just touch everything and I like feel if something's soft enough to be worthy of being up against my neck, which is needing softness apparently all the time. And then I look at all the colors and yeah, if it's like monotone, I'm out, I'm out. There better be some bold colors and some fuzziness in that store or I don't want it. Yeah. I love going through stores and like touching everything. So I hear you. Yeah. Yeah. It's gross when you think about it, but. You know, especially now I'm like, oh, I'm sure nobody else has been groping this sweater <laughs> all day. This faux fur sweater that makes me feel like a, I'm petting a cat. Nobody's touched that. I think the sound thing is interesting too, because for me, I have an aversion to like loud sounds and chewing sounds this goes back to the husband thing I'm like only my husband's chewing will throw me like for a loop and like make me so angry but um but yes yeah, so what sounds more pleasant sounds bring you pleasure oh I love the sound so we live in uh rural New Hampshire and I love the sound of the owls at mm -hmm. like they go nuts here and we have so many owls I love that sound um, and then there are certain voices, yours is actually one of them, but just there's certain voices that I'm really drawn to and certain voices that really, really repel me. And you're, don't worry, yours is one I'm drawn to, but um, I love people, like a good podcaster's voice. I'm just like, oh my God, that's amazing. Um, and then of course, like music and things like that. But I don't know, it's like, it's one of those things where you know it when you hear it, yes. but you don't always, like I couldn't keep a running list of sounds that I absolutely love. I know the ones I don't love, but. Right, right. That makes sense. And, and you mentioned the owls. When I used to live in New Hampshire not too long ago, um, I, for a little bit of time was on Squam Lake where the loons every morning would, would wake us up. And that the sound of a loon all just instantly brings me peace and pleasure um, because it reminds me of vacation and docks and swimming in the lake. I don't know. So yeah, I love that, that an animal's sound can bring, can bring such pleasure. So what, what do you, like what sounds or colors or textures are you not? fond of I'm just curious like what drives you batty well I don't like beeps at all like beeping noises um okay. we have a oven in our house that is a it's a convection oven I can't stand the damn thing but um it, it makes this fan like there's this fan noise that goes along with it and I can't stand it um basically you know now that I'm saying this I'm like fans are pretty awful <laughs> like I don't like Yes, I don't like noise at night when I'm sleeping. So I don't like fans or noise machines or any of that stuff. Um, I don't like the air conditioner sound, like things like that. Like just really like any metal against metal, you know? Yeah, okay. I, I can keep going on this all day, but, but sounds are like, like I feel, you know, when I hear someone's voice and it, it doesn't like, it's not like a match for me. Like I feel it like to my bones where I'm like, I need this person to stop talking. <laughs> of course I don't tell them that. Well, but. yeah, so luckily if it's a podcast, so you can just turn it off. But yeah. when you're in front of somebody, <laughs> yeah, that's tricky. 
it's so cool. I love this. Like we have this resonance that we, you know, are drawn to. And, uh, I think mine is actually from overuse injuries. <laughs> the reason why it got so low, but you know, that's what I got now. So yeah, it works for podcasting. <laughs> and both you and I are entrepreneurs and love building community so much so that you created a community called she built this which is awesome because you're like giving yourself a pat on the back and encouraging all of the people and you're like I did that I never even thought of that but I like it <laughs> I like what you did there <laughs> I, think that, I think yeah because I assume you're talking about you like she built this like you started with you so that's you and then the rest of the women joined so now it's you know obviously a community and a collaboration but yeah I was like go Emily it's celebrating and bragging on yourself is is how I saw it in a great way yeah so the group um it actually came out of an event that we had locally where it was just like this amazing like I was like what if we had all of these women tell their entrepreneurial stories and like the struggles that they've gone through and how they got successful. And so we picked three very like successful local New Hampshire women and they shared their stories and the event was like huge. Like, I don't think we could have expected that it was going to be that big the first time we did it. And then I'm like, all these ladies need a place to gather. <laughs> and so I created a Facebook group, which at the time I called it chicks that mean business. Okay terrible name like don't do that <laughs> and then um I started I was like oh it needs to be the same name as the event you dummy so then I renamed it. <laughs> that's some branding rule or something that's a branding rule, <laughs> a branding rule. <laughs> and now it's grown and grown and what I love about it is that whenever somebody talks about the community she built this it's trustworthy fun, collaborative, kind. It just, there's all this good feeling that comes from, and that's from you and your leadership. Um, so I so appreciate how you run your business. It inspires. Uh, thank you. I like to think of it as like a big, like cheerleading slumber party, you know, but <laughs> with snacks and coffee all night, stuff like that. Yeah. They're a good, it's a good group. <laughs> It's beautiful. It's beautiful. So we talked a little bit prior to the podcast about um, kind of behind the scenes, behind the scenes of the of the pleasure and the laughter and the communities that we build. Um, and you mentioned a story about last Saturday, which I think is really important on a pleasure podcast to mention how we challenge ourselves when we try to bring pleasure into our life. Can you tell us the story? Sure. We'll go for story time. Um, so last weekend, you know, we all have like our to-do list for the weekend and I don't know about you, but mine is way longer than it probably should be because I, I'm working all week and I put off my own stuff. Right. So come the weekend, it's like time to clean the house. And then I still have this list of like Emily business tasks I want to get done. So this past Saturday I had finished cleaning <clears throat> and I took a walk. And I was sitting outside on my back porch, just like, it was so sunny. And it, it has not been sunny or warm in New England for a long time, folks. And I was like, I need to enjoy this, you know? So I'm sitting out there soaking up the sun. It's amazing. Like the dogs outside, my husband's chopping wood. Like it's like out of a movie. Okay. And you know what I said to myself? I was like, oh my God, I'm wasting so much time right now. Like I have so much to do. I'm just sitting here wasting time. <laughs> And I felt so like, I, 
first of all, I can't believe that I like that thought actually went through my head because this is what I'm like telling people all the time. If that had been someone else, I'd be like, you sit there, girl, you take that break. You deserve that. Yeah. For myself, I'm like back to work slave. (laughs) So yeah, it's, it's, I think like for entrepreneurial women, we think it's like this badge of honor to wear, like almost like if you're not hurting, working hard enough, then you're not doing it right. You know? Hmm. And it takes us a lot of time to learn that lesson if we ever do, because I think we burn out and then we give ourselves that like day because we're sick, because we're so hurting. And then as soon as we feel better, we're like, got to make up for that lost time of us. Oh, true. Right. So true. I, I, I legitimately put off going to the doctor, like so many times because I'm like, Nope, I don't have time. Like, sure. My appendix is falling out of me, but I just don't have time to go to the doctor. (laughs) (laughs) Right. A mammogram can wait. That surgery can wait. Right. Find it later. (laughs) And yet what we teach women is to listen to their bodies and honor their bodies, honor their intuition, put themselves at the top of their to-do list, find pleasure and laughter, don't be overproductive, like all the things. So yes, it's a, it's a humbling mirror. <laughs> to- I will say I'm getting a lot better. Like I had, um, I had started working with a coach and she came up with, from me, from me saying, I don't know what to do with free time. Like, I don't even know what I will do when I have free time once I create it. And like, I think that was part of my block in creating it. Like I didn't want to get too successful or have enough time in my schedule to get everything done because I didn't know what to do with the free time. Mm. So she had me make a list of things that I love. And like to start, they were kind of silly things. So like, well, I like reading, you know, so I'll read. I like listening to podcasts. So I'll listen to podcasts. But over time it started to like I love ice skating. When was the last time you went ice skating? You know what I mean? So like things like that, like adding to your list that you're like, okay, now I have kind of like this goodie grab bag for myself. So when I do take a break, I have some things that I can actually do. I'm not just talking about taking a break. And then I'm like, well, I can't think of anything to do. So I'm going to go work. Yes. So good. You made yourself a playlist. And did you write it down somewhere or post it? Yes, I should post it. But I did. I did make a, I did write it down. Oh, good. Yeah. We, we have a stick. I have a lot of sticky notes around my house and the sticky notes are sometimes reminding me of the things that I enjoy to do. So if I have a moment of time, I don't say, Oh, I have five extra minutes. I can toss out an email or whatever I think I should do in those five minutes. It's like, Oh wait, you like to go outside and walk down the street. Oh, right. You like, you like to eat cookies or whatever it is. (laughs) Just it's if you need the reminders sometimes. So I'm glad you wrote it down. That I that's would, a, I would just keep going back to that cookie. Cookie. Like, oh, I do like cookies. Oh, I still like them. I still like cookies. <laughs> I do my go-to sticky note. <laughs> <laughs> I literally cre- figured out where to do my last, my first book launch by the food that they were going to serve. And she was going to serve these amazing chocolate chip cookies. So I'm like, well, that's where I need to do my book launch because I want to celebrate it and I like cookies. So that works. (laughs) Not a bookstore. No, no, it's cookies and gifts. (laughs) That is like the definition of following your pleasure. (laughs) I think I got really excited more so about the cookies. Yes. (laughs) 
but it's that's okay. I mean, we have to know what lights us up, right? And doesn't it evolve over time? Because how old are you, Emily? I'm 34. 34. Okay. So like, think back when you were 24, like what brings you pleasure now? Is it vastly different than a decade ago? Yeah, I would say it is different, but the same themes kind of pop up for us still, you know, like I, I, when I was young, I went out dancing and I still love dancing. I just don't go to, I'm not going to like go show up at a club with a mini skirt these days, but <laughs> you never know. Um, but, rocket. Yeah, but that's like what I like to do a lot when I was young. And, and so I think those same themes stay with us. They might just show up in different ways and different capacities. Like if it's being active is something that you love to do, it might show up for you in a little bit of a different way, but it's probably the same thread all the way through, you know? And you discover, I think as you get older, you also discover new things that you like. You're like, wow, I didn't know I was such a Jeopardy fan. <laughs> I legit am. Would you like mean? Jeopardy? <laughs> yeah. Do you do you watch it or do you play it? Like, do you yell at the TV? I mean, yes, I definitely play it, but I'm not like, unfortunately, I haven't been accepted yet. I've, I've <laughs> filled out the application many times. <laughs> I mean, like when it's on, you play, you play out loud and you're like, I got this. <laughs> I'm all in. <laughs> I would have won that money. That was for me. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And um, do you have, do you have kids? No. Okay. Okay. I was just curious. Cause I think I met you in your bio. You were talking about do dogs. You were, yeah. Yeah. So, my dog your dogs. And so if you like, we were talking about also like laughing about how we're just so much better, you know, for our dogs and our husbands. And do you feel like your best self comes out when you're around people, when you're around animals? Like, when are you like feeling like, oh, I am me. I am so in my element. I'm fully authentic right now. Like, what are you doing in those moments? That's a great question. A really great question. Um, I think around my family is, is my answer. Not, not necessarily my parents, but my, I have three little brothers. And so they really take me back to like, like, you know, you have this long history with your siblings and they really take me back to those moments that were just like silly and fun and picking on one another. But also my husband's family, I'm extremely close to them. And so they do the same thing for me, like in a different way. But um, I would say around my family. And then I have friends when I make friends, like I, I feel like I get very, very close to them like family. And so you know, I only have a handful of those people, but when I'm around those friends, then it's like the same thing, like no holds barred, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yes, and I can imagine you, you care so deeply. So I imagine you love very deeply your family, your friends. We talked about prior to the podcast also that you and I have both strangely enough recently within either a few days or last few years, lost a friend, both named Anna and, um, when I, when that's, when I lose people that I love and I do love on my family and friends hard, it reminds me to, to do the work that I teach, to mm -hmm. take notice of the things that bring me pleasure and bring me laughter, but also to just keep my heart open and keep loving out loud and, and being wholehearted, um, which is often 
hard because then when you lose people, it hurts more. Um, but I sense that about you, that you love so big. Um, so do you tend to like have the high highs and the low lows and go up and down like a roller coaster or are you more even keeled? I, that's a, that's another great question. Um, thank you. Yeah, I would say I'm, I really strive to be even keeled and what keeps me more even keeled is being having like really solid routines but if i stray from my routines that's kind of when i start to go wonky mm -hmm. i am i guess in that way like i'm a little obsessive compulsive like i just kind of need to have the same sort of thing in my life and when change happens or or things go off the rails that's when i find myself getting low and high and i will say i've become so much more attuned to like my, my body's natural cycles, like every single month we go through the same roller coaster ride. Yeah. Like every month I was always like, wow, why am I feeling like this? <laughs> like I want to die today, but it's just like, now I know it more and I'm like, okay, this isn't actually my thoughts. It's just like my body, like my temperature is up like five degrees. That isn't something I'm creating with my mind, that's my body doing its thing. And so I think that's been really, really helpful. But, um, you know, I think as far as like the entrepreneurial roller coaster, I desperately want that to be more even keeled. That feels intense. But, and I think one of the things that really sparks it, like, and sets it off in a bad way is when you're spending too much time comparing yourself to what other people are doing. And I do it a lot. You know, I'm like, Oh my God, that person is going so much faster than me. Or they have this looks so much cleaner and better. And they already wrote their book and they already did this. And that's when I spiral. Cause I'm like, ah, I'm already doing everything I could possibly doing and be doing. And now I have to do more, you know? Yeah. And so I have to really stop myself. But, um, what helps me with that is like really good friends that are like, stop let's go like we're here we're not over here you know and also I talked to my husband about these things and he makes me feel a little less crazy good good and that makes sense that you that you'd have those routines to keep you know in a ritual going so that every day things will happen that are surprising and that you'll have to be a little bit flexible but you're saying if you have a certain routine then you have some sense of, of control and you can keep that even keel. So what is your go-to routine? Like what, what do you have to do in a day for that day to feel like, all right, this day worked. I did, I rocked this day because I check, 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 at least did these things. Yeah. Um, I actually just did a podcast about my routine and it was really fun and interesting to like dive into it. Cause like, I don't think about it. I just do it, you know? Um, but m for me, it's like a really, like, I, ha I need a lot of sleep. And so I need to wake up on my, my body's own clock and not like with an alarm. So that's step one is like, when I just wake up naturally, I feel so much better than if like something else wakes me up, you know? Um, so that's one thing, just like setting myself off from the start with that. And then I do like all, you know, coffee, breakfast. I really try to stay off my phone until I'm like ready. Because the, when, as I was thinking about it recently, I noticed that like after I would like, I'd start my morning with like the news and like scrolling social media. 
And then I would feel zapped by like 10. I'm like, oh my God, why am I so exhausted? It's only 10 o'clock. But it's because I was just like, that's how I was coming out of the gate, you know? Um, so that's one thing. And then I, I, I guess as far as like, what do I need to accomplish in a day? Um, I try to like, I time block my days. And so I really try to stick to those time blocks and things that d didn't get done within the time block under a certain category of tasks, let's say they just get moved over to the next day. And, and realizing that has been so huge because I used to be like, no, I must finish all the tasks on the list every day. But when you really stop and look at it, like there's so many things that you can just be like, that can actually get done tomorrow or maybe even Friday. It does not all need to be done on Wednesday. And I think that's been really like liberating. So that sounds very healthy. <laughs> and, and the reason I don't want to give you all my specific routine things is because it's so different for everyone. You know, yeah. like what lights me up in the morning is not going to light you up in the morning. Like you might be charged and ready to go looking on Instagram first thing in the morning. For me, that wasn't happening. So right. it's, it's really when you're trying to create any sort of routine, it's like what fills my cup and what empties my cup. And then like, I need to make sure that I start by filling it. And then like gradually through the day, you can work on emptying it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Right. And to notice your own cycles and your own energy levels at different times of the day, I feel most creative for some reason between five and 7 a.m. So I don't know. That's when I write my content. Um, and I've had so many coaches say, don't get up and start serving, you know, make sure you take time to work out and drink your lemon water and, you know, get your eyes in the sun and walk outside. And like, I, I, that sounds so good. But then when I did that, it didn't feel in alignment. So I'm like, well, it works for you, but not for me. I'm going to walk in the afternoon. And and I don't, I would venture to say that creating content can be very energizing and life bringing. Like when I'm writing, I'm just like, you know, don't, don't get in my way. Cause I am on cloud nine. So <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It's all about what works for you. Exactly. Exactly. I love it. I love it. And so do you feel like there's a trend you're seeing with the uh, entrepreneurs you work with to like deplete ourselves? And then once we're depleted, finally realize like a catalyst moment where like we literally have to fall apart and break down before we take on these pleasure principles or take on a routine that's healthy. Do, do you, <laughs> I see that trend that people just have to almost lose it all. And before they get into these practices, you mean like hit rock bottom? Yeah. Like bathroom floor crying. Well, I think that's why people like you and I do what we do is because we don't want like, you know, when I, when I owned my last business, I did not love my business. Um, and I was on the floor. Like I literally, I owned a mattress store. Okay. But my place of choice to go cry was on the floor in my office and I would cry in there. And like, I hit rock bottom. Like I was to the point where like, I do not want to do this. And I do not want, if this is how my life is going to be, this is not going to work. And I went home and ha had a talk with Jason about it. And he was like, well, we don't need to be like, this doesn't need to be the thing. And I was like, oh, I wish somebody had told me that. You don't so, have to own a mattress store. Right. Like, and so that I think is really like, I really want to help. And I know you want to help people get to this realization before we hit those points, you know, because I don't want anyone to feel alone crying in their bathroom or in their office. 
Yeah. Yes. Yes, exactly. I, I want to teach people that too. And, and yet time and time again, it seems like that all, it still becomes like the catalyst moment. So the one thing that I've noticed eases some of that is to be held in sisterhood, in community, where somebody knows you so well, they say, you're looking really stressed or tired or um, you haven't called me in a while. Like somebody who can hold you accountable to the beginning of the downward spiral before you hit the floor next to the mattresses, which is kind of funny, Emily, that you had all those mattresses around you to lie down on, but you chose the floor. Um, but yes. In you- retrospect, I laugh all the time at that business. I'm just like, people looked at me like I had five heads and I think it's so funny in, in retrospect, like at the time it was infuriating because I'm like, nobody understands what we do, <laughs> but yeah. It looks so relaxing when you walk in a mattress store, <laughs> but behind the scenes of the mattress store is an exhausted owner lying on the floor because she hates her mattresses so much. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> oh my goodness. So do you have people in your life that just know, like when you start to go down, they could see it in your, in your eyes or in your behavior, like before the pattern begins to spiral. That was really helpful. You know, having a coach was really helpful in that way. Um, but I would say I have two like friends that I touch in every day that are like business. I mean, they're, we're business friends, but we're also just like really, really good friends. And I think the key you know, you talked about being in sisterhood. I think the key is that like, these are people that don't want to see you go down. You know, like, I think we think a a lot of times as women being like catty or bitchy or like, oh yeah, I hope, I hope she goes down, you know, but it's so important to have people in your life that like, that's really, they do not want that for you. And you can tell, you know, I think you can tell when somebody has good intentions for you. And when someone's just like playing the game. Um, and so that's been, I mean, I'm, like super careful about who I get really, really close to for that reason, because those things have happened, you know, where you're like, okay, pretty sure you're just a bitch and we're friends and it's not working. (laughs) That's yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful you said that because it's allowing me to realize that I don't have those women in my life anymore. I, I don't have that a competitive circle or people who aren't just trying to help rise me up and vice versa. And interestingly, I don't know what it was like in the mattress industry, but prior to this, I was in the yoga and Pilates industry, like gym owners, studio owners. Oh my goodness. Like I did not feel, I didn't feel comfortable going into somebody else's yoga studio because it was so competitive. And now I own a business It's and talk to coaches I talk to pleasure coaches who are rooting for my rise, but I couldn't go take yoga from another yoga instructor at their studio. So it's interesting, the dynamics of different fields. And and the fact is with different fields, it's like the more awareness you bring that a field is in existence and is alive and well, the more it's going to bring people to all of you. So it's kind of like rising tides raise all ships, but we just so lose sight of that when we get all like comparison-y and competitive. And I'm not a competitive person. So like when somebody does try to compete with me, I'm like, you can just have it. Just take it. (laughs) I'll be fine. fine. (laughs) You got this. (laughs) I'm not competitive with other people, but I'm super competitive with myself. Like I have very high expectations of of myself um, and, and I figure I can handle it. And then, and then I so need a virtual assistant when I make that mistake (laughs) all the time. Like I can learn 
five new platforms, I can save money doing all that on my own. Um, so yes, but I, but I don't feel that competitive with, with other women. Um, fortunately, I think that also has evolved over time with, with age, because we can only do what we could do. And if we're feeling like we put in our best uh, efforts and intentions that day, we can't really ask much more of ourselves. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. So what would scare you um, to do? Oh my gosh, you have such good questions. Um, well, it's both something I want to do, but it also scares me. I, I really want to write a book. Um, and I think, you know, I just come up against what all of us come up with, like these author moments that you have when you're like, I have nothing to say, or every, somebody's already written about that, or, you know, I'm, I'm way behind. I should have done this five years ago. So that, that scares me, but it's still something I plan on tackling someday. Yes. So good. And have you said, you've said that out loud before? Probably not. Oh, well then. <laughs> Welcome to Manifestation Podcast. So yeah, so um, what are the, what are you, what are the limiting beliefs around writing a, a book that that nobody will like it? Yeah, I think that's it. It's like, okay, I mean, we've all, you know, there's tons of books out there and we're all constantly yeah, reading yeah. and it's not Glennon Doyle. So yeah, which I don't want to be Glennon Doyle. I just want to be me, but it's all the same stuff we go through with anything we want to put out there, you know? It's um, so true. Yeah. But I wonder if you just start, like, if you start writing it because you like finishing things, like, I wonder if just the starting is the hardest part and then, and then you'll need to finish it because that's you that you like to finish projects. Yeah. Oh, it's started. I mean, it's, we're starting. <laughs> okay. <laughs> she said it out loud, everybody. Emily Aborn is writing here first. To be published by when when's the published date emily no 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 we can't go there yet the, the publishing process is very intricate i know you know this it can be yeah yeah it can be it can be i find that people are just so gracious um i don't even know if they like my book but people buy it and then they say nice things to me and i think it's been actually a really easy fulfilling process but I had made it in my head for 50 years yeah something that was going to consume my time and be complicated um and I was pleasantly surprised so that's what I'll just put out there that it doesn't have to be um it doesn't have to be hard silent no I know you're right don't worry <laughs> I had a podcast, a guest on, um, who you heard who was, um, talking about feeling too tall, too big, and that she didn't want to be visible. And we started talking about, well, why not just own that and go out in high heel shoes and make yourself even taller, even bigger. And just yesterday she posted on Instagram that she's going to take that challenge to heart and she's going to get some stilettos and she's going to own her tallness and it's terrifying it's terrifying but isn't it it's interesting like watching another woman take these leaps of faith and watching another woman step into her power it's like yay go you be so tall go write the book go do the scary thing and then it's us and we're like no yeah, just sit down just quiet down little one <laughs> i hear you 
And you know what? That her her podcast really inspired me because I'm the same height as her. Um, and we were talking before, and you're like, "Yeah, I'll look up to you." And like, I had stitches on my chin, and so it's like one of these things where I'm like, everybody can see my stitches because I'm so much like when I am talking to people, I'm always taller. I mean, they're not stitches anymore now. It's just a scar, but, um, but it's funny listening to that podcast. I was like, okay, if this lady, like she can own being tall and celebrate it, Mm -hmm. I'm going to work on that too. And stop like apologizing for being tall and shrinking down in every photo just because someone else is shorter than me. It's just silly what we do to ourselves. Really? I don't think I've taken too many photos with my family being the shortest one without me like standing on my tippy toes or like finding a rock that's a little higher uh, because I I don't like being the shortest one. And I feel like I'm not in the photo, (laughs) like I'm down here and there up there. Just like one of these things is not like the other, you know, like Sesame Street song. That's funny. (laughs) So the moral of the story is that we should practice what we preach. Right. And keep um and keep keep making sure that we're just doing the best we can and be kind to ourselves. And yeah, I think being kind to yourself is really, really important. And like when that brain starts to spiral and the inner critic like starts to attack you, you can kind of like talk to it, talk to yourself and like that's not real. You know, this isn't truth. This isn't fact. And so we can take, like, take that thought and be like, all right, you sit over here and I'm still going to go ahead and do this thing. Like fear can sit right next to me while I write this book or put this product out or launch this membership, whatever it is for you. Um, but yeah, you don't, you don't, it's not, it doesn't need to own you and take over. Nice. Nice. And does your fear like have a certain, color persona or like does she wear something different than what you wear like do you actually picture being a different entity well I like this concept so much so I created a persona for my inner critic and Mm -hmm. have you seen Ratatouille the movie yes of course yeah so you know the food critic that's like like he cannot be pleased he's like yeah whatever you bring that man it could be like the most mind-blowingly delicious food and he's still gonna be like not good enough that is my inner critic. And he, his goal is like to make sure it doesn't even make it out of the kitchen, you know? And I'm like, dude, like we are going to serve the diners. We'll see what the diners have to say. If they have feedback, I'll take the feedback, but like, it's okay. We're going to serve the dinner, you know? <laughs> so that's my, he has a name. His, his, I mean, in Ratatouille, he actually has a name. His name is Anton Ego. And I kind of like that his last name is Ego. It sort of works. So is he French? Does he have like a French accent? I think he's French. Yeah. That's so cool. Oh, I see. I'm like picturing you in a beret right now, like being this critic of everything you're doing. That's great that you have a name and an image in your head because it, it helps to, um, in the personification of it, it helps to detach yourself from it and witness yourself being that critic. So I love it. I love it. It's a great tool. And it helps you laugh at it a little bit more, right? And have some more fun with it where you're like, oh my God, this actually isn't me. It's just a negative thought pattern that I'm, that I'm retraining over and over and over again. So yes, yes. Great tip. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) 
Beautiful. So Emily, if people want to work with you, join your community, hear your funny stories, how can we follow you and reach you? Um, probably the easiest way is just emilyaborn.com. Aborn, like acorn, but with a B. Uh, and then Emily Aborn on Instagram. And you can find everything that way. I think that's the easiest channel. Beautiful. My, my ADD squirrel appreciates the acorn reference. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. Um, yeah. That's... <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me. This was super fun. This is our podcast together and it was just beyond enjoyable. So I love it. It was such a pleasure talking to you and I will continue to reach out to you and circle back because I adore you and all of your work and I enjoy being in your community. of Thank you. Feeling is mutual. Thank you. If any of you listeners out there would like to reach out to me, feel free to reach me at Pasha at PashaMarlo.com or you can hop on my website, PashaMarlo.com. And please, please, please subscribe to the podcast so that you can get notifications of all the fun conversations. I'm trying to do three a week because I like chaos um, and it lights me up. So I'm doing three weeks. You'll get lots of fun conversations to listen to. Um, And it just helps for us uh, to know who's out there, who's listening. So thank you for subscribing. Thank you, Emily Aborn, for joining us today. Thank you.